At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Let's just thank the Lord tonight. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Father, you are so, 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 so absolutely faithful, so faithful to your word, so faithful to everything that you say, everything you promise in your word. We are so, so grateful. And tonight, Father, I just thank you for the anointing on this word that you've had prepared for me to share for a while. This, this word that you've been speaking to me about, I'm just sharing tonight and ministering to these that have come and those that will hear it later. Lord, I just thank you for an anointing on this word, supernatural anointing. Thank you that people have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to understand in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen and amen. Well, I appreciate everybody coming tonight. Glory to God. Um, so, um, today, this morning, in my head, I was thinking, you know, walked outside about 7.45, and it was a little bit icy in my driveway, and I thought, first thought I had is, well, we probably won't do church today, tonight. And then, um, as you know, as the morning went on, I began to pray about it. I just kept thinking, no, no, we're supposed to be here tonight. We're supposed to come because every time we gather together, it's about, the, it's about God's Word, amen? And it's about His Word going forth. And so as the day went on, and I don't want anybody to be in danger or any of those kind of things. You know, we're not, we're not doing it out of spite in any way, but the leading of the Holy Ghost. And so um, I just felt real strongly late this afternoon that we were just supposed to do this so I'm glad you came there was no pressure for anybody to be here whatsoever we didn't have any children or anything here tonight on purpose so um, it's it's just a good thing and I believe everybody's safe and everybody will be safe how many in agreement with that tonight amen we believe that but I've got a word to share with you tonight that I've had for a while that came to me I'm not we're not in our healing series tonight, we'll, we'll pick that up when, when we're supposed to, probably next Wednesday, we'll go back to that, possibly, but we'll, we'll be doing that all year long at different times. But <clears throat> I've had this um, in my spirit, and it came fr- to me from um, some things God's done in my life through the book of Proverbs. Um, and and the title of my message tonight is just words. Words. And um, I want to, I'm going to read two passages in um, the New Testament, and then I want to read about two, three, six Proverbs, six verses of Scripture from Proverbs, different Proverbs that have to do with words. And so I want to start tonight out of Matthew chapter 12. And um, I, want to, I want to dissect this and, a, and, and another few verses, four verses out of Hebrews 3. I want to kind of dissect these talking about words. So <clears throat> Jesus is He's in, in chapter 12 of Matthew, he's been through some stuff with, with his disciples. Um, you know, his earthly ministry's been going probably about this time. Uh, it's probably been close to a year, maybe not quite that long. And um, Pharisees, Sadducees are just horrified with statements that he's made things that he said to them. I mean, he, they've come against him in a, in a real difficult way, but, you know, he always has the wisdom of God to answer them with. And um, in uh, starting with um, the 28th verse of Matthew 12, he's, he's in the middle of explaining some things to them and tripping them up, and he says this, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God... Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Because they're trying to say that he's full of the devil, so he's trying to cast out devils with the devil. 
with the spirit of the devil, spirit of the enemy. But he said, if I, if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, then surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house, plunder his goods, unless he first binds the strong man? And then he will plunder his house. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. So he starts talking about the establishment of the kingdom of God and that if you're going to spoil the goods of, of, of a strong man, first you've got to bind the strong man up. And, and, and he's talking about what you have to do with the enemy who has been the strong man up to this point. Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. He's the one in authority. Right? Correct? At, to this point, even right now, he's the one in authority, and that's what he's talking about because they're accusing him of being full of the devil. So he goes on to say, and we'll jump down to, to verse 33, and he says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. And then he looks at these people that have, most of them have known him since he was a kid, and he calls them a bunch of snakes. He said, you broad of vipers? How can you, being evil, <laughs> speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word that men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words will you be justified or liberated, is what he's saying here. And by your words you will be condemned or destroyed. Now, in Romans chapter 2 it says that we will be held accountable on the day of judgment for the words that we've spoken, the things that we've done that we've not repented for. So many of all of us have spoken things, said things, done things, acted certain ways, you know, as a result of things that were in our heart that needed to be changed. But as we grow in grace and we grow in the revelation of God's Word, we learn how to repent and deal with our hearts so that we make the changes because we're compared in this story as trees and you got to be a good tree in the roots internally to produce good fruit. You're not going to produce good fruit and have bad roots. You're not going to have internal things that are not being dealt with and produce good fruit. That's what he's saying to them. And he's saying, listen, you need to right now begin to realize that there's going to be a day when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ and you're going to be held accountable for what you think didn't matter. You can just say whatever you want to say, do whatever you want to do, act however you want to act, and it's not going to really matter. You can, you know, you've had an attitude all these, all these years, you, you know, you're... you're your parents had an attitude, your grandparents had attitudes, and you've kept the same attitude, and you're keeping it, and it's continuing to control your life. Well, when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, it's not going to be you and mom and grandma, or you and dad and granddad. It's going to be you and Jesus. And he's going to ask you, with the word you heard preached and that began to come into your life, why didn't you make the changes and why are we having to talk about it now? He didn't want you and I to be talking about it then. He wants us to talk about it now, deal with it now, and get it real in our hearts. Amen? So that we make the changes because he said, by your words will you be justified or made free. By your words will you be condemned or found guilty in, in this life and at the judgment seat of Christ. I want to walk over the other side when that day comes, and, and I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Way to go doing something with what you heard preached and the words that I gave you on the earth, and you made the changes, and now you're standing with me here, and we can talk about how you overcame, not why didn't you do it. 
So what I really like about this passage is he's talking about now and there. He's talking about both. And, and I, I don't know about you, but, but <clears throat> for me to think about the judgment seat of Christ does not, should not hinder me from being effective in what I need to do here. I, I'm not becoming so earthly minded that, I mean, heavenly minded that I'm no earthly good. I want to be good on the earth. I want to live here a long time because people need me to be free. People need you to be free here. we got a lot to do, a lot to accomplish, a lot of things to, to, to deal with and overcome. But something that helps me is to realize there is that day coming down the road when I'll stand face to face with him. And I want those well done, good and faithful servant words. To come out of the Lord's mouth, not, why didn't you do what I told you to do? Why didn't you pay attention to what so-and-so preached? Why didn't you do something with the word? You, you had tons of word preached to you, but you did nothing with it. And you and I are called to judge ourselves as a tree whether we're producing good fruit or not. What are the fruits of the Spirit not apples, oranges, bananas. No. Fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and long-suffering, right? And the love of God and the love for humanity, the fruit of the Spirit is what He wants developing in our lives. So we have to practice that, and nobody can judge you like you. Nobody can judge your life like you judge your life. And, I, and in my life, I'm constantly looking at those different fruits. How are those being demonstrated to the people, first and foremost, that are closest to me? But also, how's it being demonstrated by people that do something that I don't like? How do I act and react in situations? Well, my reactions have to do with the fruit that is being bore in my tree. And if it's not, and the wrong fruit's being manifested, then I gotta make the changes. I gotta make the internal changes here. So Hebrews chapter three, starting with verse one, talks about how to do that. And it says in the first verse of Hebrews 3, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, of your confession. Consider him. How do you con what do you do when you consider something? In many cases, when you're, when you're considering one thing and then it's saying consider something else, you're yielding to that something else, right? Consider Jesus. Yield to Him. Be aware of what He says and the way He established things, the way God established things in the earth. And when you find out Him, it says, consider Him the apostle and high priest of your confession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him who appointed him, the Father, as Moses also was faithful in all of his house. And we know the house of God that Moses was faithful to is the church of Jesus Christ on this side of the cross. The house is the church. Amen? And Moses also was faithful in all of his house. And it says, for this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. What one? Jesus. He was considered counted worthy of more glory than Moses inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. Who's the house? I am. You are. We are. We're the church. We're the house. He has more honor than the one that built the house. Jesus is head of the house, right? And 
Father sent him to do the work. So God has built our house. He's built it. And now we've got to implement it. As we've been talking about for a while, we're the enforcers of seeing the house established and built on the earth. That's who, that's who you and I are. Amen? And he said, For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. So God built the house, but you and I are a someone who is building and establishing the church of Jesus Christ on the earth. He already built it. He's already given us the blueprints. He's already shown us what it looks like, and now we're here to put out our effort to see it established in the earth. Man, there's never been a time on the, in, in the history of the world on this planet where people need to see the church established. The church. We're the church. We're, we're, we're the church of Jesus Christ. He built it. He said... He built all things. Everything that's been built it was built by Him. But there's a structure that has to be built, and someone's got to build it. You and I have to take the revelation and the Word that has been preached to us and ministered to us and see ourselves established by making the changes internally so that we can bear the good fruit. How are people going to see how good God is if they don't see it in you? Think about the nine fruits of the Spirit. Is there nine or seven? There's nine. Nine fruits of the Spirit. Think about those nine fruits. The only way that people are going to know that God is real is that those fruits are being bore from your life. In other words, you're doing the work to develop that so that the reciprocal of those nine fruits aren't what's coming out of you. What's the opposite of love? Hate. And, and you know what? You and I know that. I don't have to ask you to raise your hand. Everybody's hated in here. Everybody has hated at one time or another in your life. Hated something. Disliked something so bad that you wish somebody in the natural was just removed and gone. Taken out. Everybody has feelings. Not that you necessarily want somebody to die, but just move to Tanzania or somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Be gone. Everybody's hated. So what has to happen? You, you know, get rid of those people that you don't like. No, because there'll be more people you don't like. Because there's something in you that's not working right. So what's in you that needs to be worked out, correct? We get that worked out, then we start bearing that kind of fruit. That way the world will know that God is real. Me being that person and demonstrating those kind of attributes that come only from God and a relationship with God so that the world knows that God is real. Man. He said, I want you to think about this. For this one has been counted worthy, Jesus has, of more glory than Moses and of more glory than you and I. He's worthy. You can put your faith and, and trust and confidence in him and he will never let you down. But you have to be, con you've got to work that out to where you become convinced of that. Because if I'm convinced of that. That doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean because I'm preaching something that I'm convinced of that you'll believe that unless you work that out. See, he was, he was considered, for this one has been not considered, counted worthy of more glory than Moses and more glory than me and you and anybody else on planet earth. More glory. Counted as being more glorious. So you and I have to choose to realize how much more that his ways will produce results that my ways or anybody else's ways will not produce. And when I realize he's been counted that way and I begin to trust and develop him, he'll never let you down. But that doesn't mean you're convinced of that. It doesn't mean that you're not out there trying to make things come to pass because of the fear that he really can't do what he said he'll do. So, everybody feels that way at different times. 
So you have to overcome that. And so, all this last year, as I was reading the book of Proverbs, I realized the absolutes in the book of Proverbs about God's Word. I realized things that God wanted me to take literally and serious. And as I go through these six verses, I want you to think about what these say. I'm going to spend a little time on each one of them, and I want you to think about what these say tonight. Proverbs 10 and verse 8, and I'm reading this out of the Passion Translation. The heart of the wise will easily accept instruction. But those who do all the talking are too busy to listen and learn. They'll just keep stumbling ahead in the mess that they created. I'm going to read that again. The heart of the wise will easily accept instruction. But you got to get to the place where you're walking in the wisdom of God. Can you say amen to that? Because if, if you're not at the place where you're drawing from the wisdom of God, then you're not one of these that accepts instructions easily. That's a good way to judge your life where you can't accept correction or instruction about something, you need to get over it. You need to learn that if, you, if you're rejecting instruction, then you're rejecting the wisdom of God. You know God can use somebody that you don't even like to tell you something that is wisdom from Him? Oh, yeah. Watch this. The, the, the opposite of accepting instruction and being wise is... Being one of those who do all the talking all the time. Never listening. Remember, the Bible says that you're to listen twice as much as you talk. Never listening. Too busy to listen and learn. And what happens? You keep stumbling ahead in the mess that you created. See, we're here to establish the kingdom of God, to do the things that God's telling us to do, but if we're not embracing his way of thinking here, then we're tripping over different things and making messes of all kinds of stuff in our life because we're not establishing his way of thinking and operating. We're not establishing his words on the inside of us. There's not any of you that showed up here tonight that haven't heard teaching on words. We've taught this for 34 years. In all the years we've been here and preached in this church, we've taught about words. And in all the years that I've heard teaching on words that I've received in, in the 45 years that I've been born again, and I mean, I've, I've heard, if I've heard one message, I've heard over a thousand, into the thousands of messages on words. And yet, in 2022, God took me to another level in understanding and showing me some things that I was stumbling over because my words weren't exactly where he wanted them. Things coming out of my mouth, I, wouldn't, I wasn't shutting my mouth when I needed to shut it and listen and take instruction and, and keeping my mouth shut until he wanted me to open it. I've seen that more clearly this year than I've ever seen it before in my life. Proverbs 10 and 14 in the Passion Translation. Wise men and women don't divulge all that they know, but chattering fools blurt out words that bring them to the brink of ruin. A person who's chattering all the time, talking all the time, not listening, not paying attention, not receiving instruction, not allowing the Word of God to build them and mold them and make them. It says, 
your words can bring you to the brink of being ruined in everything in your life. What can bring you to that place? Words. Your words. You know, people have, people have some authority, some ability to curse you with their words, speaking things in a negative way over you. But nobody has the ultimate control over your life. You can command word curses to drop and fall dead to the ground. You have the authority to shut everything down in your life by the words that come out of your mouth. That's why what we teach around here concerning a daily routine is so absolutely vital and important that you live in and operate and develop on a day-to-day basis because those words are changing the way you think. See, to change the way you think about this Proverbs 10, 14, that if you're a chattering fool, that's what the Bible calls a person that chatters all the time, a fool, blurts out words that bring them to the brink of ruin. What kind of words of God? You're speaking and declaring God's word. That's going to bring you to the brink of ruin? No. Words that don't line up with God's word. Words that come from the top of your head. Words that come out of your mouth because somebody treated you a certain way. Somebody did something and you reacted in a negative way and those words blurted out of your mouth. If you don't stop that, it can bring you to the brink of ruin. That's what the Bible says. I think what... I think. What's happened with the book of Proverbs to me in, in 2022 and into this year, what it's done for me is, is challenged me, is challenged me on being serious about every word from God. Serious about it. Not, not to the point that you, you're, you know, you're, you're, well, let me back up. What can happen is you can take the word of God and beat yourself up with it, and you can beat other people up with it. Anybody ever done that? I've done it. God doesn't want you beating yourself up with the Word of God about how bad something is or what you're not doing. He wants you to see in His Word what you need to see so that you make the changes because of what the Holy Spirit is revealing to you. That's what's happened to me this year in a, in a greater way. Proverbs 17 and 27, also in the Passion. <clears throat> Here's a question. Can you bridle your tongue when your heart is under pressure? I don't know. Can you? Can you bridle your tongue? Can you, in other words, control your tongue when your heart is under pressure? That's how you show that you're wise. Because, you know, if you can control your tongue when there's no pressure, I mean, anybody can do that, right? But when you're under pressure, how do you make those changes? How do you begin to control what comes out of your mouth and what you say? An understanding heart, watch this, keeps you cool, calm, and collected no matter what you're facing. So a heart of understanding that the Holy Spirit has been revealing the word you're hearing preached, it causes you to be cool. I'm cool. Cool, calm, and collected. Not losing it and being out of control. The question again at the beginning. Can you bridle your tongue when your heart is under pressure? What did we read in Matthew? He said, he said a person is known by their fruit. And he compares this to a tree, and he said, the good things, in other words, God's word that's been planted in the heart, produces good fruit. The question here is, can you bridle your tongue when your heart is under pressure? And what's the answer to that? The answer is, depending on what you've been developing, what's been what, the, the understanding from the word of God that's been coming alive to you. How you've been working that and causing that to be more real than how you feel. Because all of us, all of us want to overreact. Yesterday at 10 minutes till 6, I pull into the Starbucks drive-thru. Lights on, everybody's around. 
somebody else I knew had gone and got coffee. And I'm thinking, I want, because in the morning they were closed. And I pull up, streets are fine, nothing going on. McDonald's across the street is open. And I pull up to the, to the box there and they said, um, we're sorry for the inconvenience, but because of the weather, we're closed. I want a cup of coffee. But you know what? I didn't say a thing. I just said, okay, thank you. Because of the weather, it's better right now than it was this, I mean, it, it was better this morning when they were closed than it was right then. Or something, whatever I'm trying to say in my, in my example, it, there was no reason for them to be closed at 10 till, 10 till 6. I mean, if you're going to close at 6, close at 6, but not 10 till 6. See, I could have gone on and on and on. But to me, to me, who was raised with a short fuse, short one, who reacted and wore my feelings right here, just waiting for somebody to knock them off. And when I got born again, really began to work on those kind of things, and I, I feel like I got over a lot of stuff in my life. But when I don't have to unload my opinion on somebody on the other end of that voice box... And tell them how I feel about that. That's a victory. Because I can read in that verse of Scripture, me. So I'm going to read it just like this, like I'm reading it to my, God's reading it to me. Bert, can you bridle your tongue when your heart is under pressure? Some of them might think, the Starbucks closed and you're under pressure? Yeah. Yeah, in the past, situations like that would arise or, or happen, something like that, something insignificant. You ever had an insignificant thing crop up like that and you get upset and get worked over and upset? So the Lord's asking me that question, can you do that? Yes, sir. And God said, this is how you show that you are wise. An understanding heart keeps you cool, calm, and collected no matter what you're facing. And that's what I was. I was cool, cool, calm, collected, didn't get upset. I mean, and that, that's happened for me for a, for a while, but there have been times in the midst of that where I would give in to that and, and just give somebody a piece of my mind. Well, they deserve it. You know, God, they, you know, they shouldn't have closed 10 minutes early. They deserve that. No. They don't deserve it. What matters is what I'm doing. It doesn't matter what they're doing, right? If I'm letting what someone else does affect the way I'm going to react, then I'll always overreact. But I made a choice. And so I could see myself in that passage. I've been speaking that verse of Scripture every day since about March. And that scripture came up to me yesterday. It's come up to me about a number of things, some phone calls and some situations or whatever di at different times. Those scriptures come up. But, but it's, it's, not, it's, not like, it's not like I'm sliding into that victory. It's like it's there. And that's where God wants us. He wants us to that, at that place where we're really there. It's not something that's kind of there and, yeah, okay, whatever. No, it's not whatever. It's, God doesn't want any of that in my life. He wants, me, he wants me calm and cool and collected because I'm believing His Word and I'm choosing not to let anything get under my skin. And He wants me to get perfected at that. That's one of the things that I've realized this year, this last year, from Proverbs. He wants... Why would He give us all these... I mean, I'm reading you six. There's... Hundreds of them in the book of Proverbs, the scriptures, that talk about the power of your words. If that's the case, why wouldn't he want us to overcome it and it be a part of our life where nothing can move us? I believe he does.
I believe He wants us at the place where nothing moves us. We're not moved by anything that anybody does in life. Not any situation. Proverbs 13 and 3 in the Passion. Guard your words and you'll guard your life. You know what happens the moment you give in to something in the natural? Somebody tell me if I would have overreacted to the person at Starbucks, what would have happened? Somebody, Somebody, I want somebody to give me an explanation based on what's happened with you, what happens to you in that moment? Opens the door for the enemy. Everybody agree? What else happens? Well, and it's a result of the door being open to the enemy. What, what else happens? <laughs> Barred from Starbucks for the rest of your life. Could be, you know, could be. But what happens, what happens internally to you? There is a, to me, there's like a sick feeling that comes to your gut inside of you internally because you've just reacted. A person in that type of situation has just reacted to the flesh. And the Bible says the flesh profits nothing. If you're not tapping into the spirit, then the flesh profits nothing. It doesn't matter how spiritual you think you are. You give in to the flesh every other day. But it, it shuts, it, it disqualifies. What, what did we just read? Guard your words and you'll guard your life. But if you don't control your tongue, how much will it ruin? Everything. Everything. If I'm not thinking about everything all the time, then one day I'll be victorious and I'll be patting myself on the back and the next day I'll just let them have it. Because today they deserved it because I was just ticked. No, I don't get to be that way. Not not where the kingdom of God is concerned. Not where miracles are concerned. Not where true fruit being bore to your tree. Not you being the person that God wants. He wants you to be Him in the earth. He wants you to be acting just like He would act in every situation. That's our goal. He's the mark, right? So, like Paul said, I'm attaining to the mark of that high calling. That's a high calling. And, and, And how do I get there? Every day, every situation, everything that I face that I make the choice to do it the way he would. To remember words like this, guard your words, man, your life is in, in, real good pla- in a real good place. But if you don't control your tongue, it'll ruin everything. I- I'm guarding my words, so w- w- what I'm doing is not allowing those negative words to come out of my mouth, but letting God's word come out of my mouth. Constantly. Throughout the day. Proverbs 21, 23 in the Passion. Watch your words. Be careful what you say. And you'll be surprised by how few troubles you'll have. Man, that is good news. Hmm? I don't know about you, but I like few troubles. No troubles. How? by watching what comes out of my mouth. Asking, based on the scripture, can't remember which scripture it is in Psalms, where asking God to put a watch over my mouth. How, how, why would God watch your mouth? Because you have God inside of you. And if you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, He'll show you every time you need to shut up. I mean, think about the girl at the Starbucks, what am I, what is it? The speaker, God, <clears throat> at the Starbucks speaker. So you pull up there and 
They tell you no coffee and you're not happy about it. So you turn it around and say, well, I sure hope you had a good day and I'll be here tomorrow. Have a great evening. But most of humanity is not programmed that way because you just inconvenienced me. Not like you can't go make a cup of coffee at home, right? Not like you can't go across the street to McDonald's if you had to have one bought. It's even cheaper. Doesn't taste as good, but cheaper. Right? But we've been programmed. Humanity's been programmed to just let it fly. And I have the right to that. Because in the natural, you're not, there's no reason for you to be closed because the weather's not bad, the streets aren't bad, and there's nothing bad that you don't need to be closed. So you can justify your position. I, find, I, I have found and, can, and will continue to find out that's the worst position to take because that's a position of pride you know better and no instruction, and nobody can tell you anything or instruct you with anything. And the Holy Spirit is saying, bless these people. You're here for, you're here as a minister of reconciliation on planet Earth, and so every opportunity you get, be a blessing to people. We're blessed to be a blessing, right? That's what we've been created to do. Can you say amen to that? So he said, watch your words and be careful what you say, and you'll be surprised by how few troubles you will have. Few troubles. You and I are men and women of few troubles. Can you say amen to that? So this is our foundational scripture in our Connect Equip class on building a daily routine. And it's in the Passion also, and it's Proverbs 20 and 15. And I want to read this. You may have an abundance of wealth, piles of gold and jewels, but there is something of far greater worth. There's something that is worth more than the riches of the earth. Speaking, revelation, words, of knowledge. Speaking, revelation, words of knowledge. Speaking words from what you've heard preached. And when you look at these other Proverbs that I've read right here, he said, The heart of the wise will easily accept instruction, but those who do all the talking are too busy to listen and learn. He said it's more profitable for you, instead of letting everybody know what you know, it's more profitable for you to listen and learn and for you to be speaking revelation words of knowledge. In the next verse we read, wise men don't divulge all that they know, but chattering fools Blurt, blurt out words that bring them to the brink of ruin. So instead of coming to the brink of ruin, the key to seeing yourself successful and victorious and overcoming all the past things in our life that we brought into the kingdom is speaking revelation words of knowledge. That's the key to it. That is the key. Notice he constantly is talking about a person that is not listening and is not speaking the right things. The question in Proverbs 17, can you bridle your tongue when your heart is under pressure? Can you? Only if you've been speaking revelation words of knowledge. Only. You're not speaking words. You're not speaking the word. Then you will find yourself not calm and cool and collected, right? Instead of being cool, you're, you're going you're gonna, to... And, and, and I, I want to say this. When, when you've overreacted and you've got that feeling in the pit of your stomach, that is a sign, as Veronica said, that you have opened the door to the enemy. 
And when you open the door to the enemy and you give in to the enemy that way, when that door is open, now your life is open to every evil work happening. So you allow yourself to get angry at one person. Say, Randy did what I, what I did there, and he gives in to that thing, and he overreacts. Then you come home, and you, not intentionally, but the enemy makes sure something gets stirred up, and you're already on edge because of the way you feel internally, and then you overreact. That's the way it works. Can you bridle your tongue when your heart is under pressure? Only if you've been speaking revelation, words of knowledge. And, and not for two weeks to see if something works, but for a lifetime. And you're in the middle of your lifetime, and you, if you've been speaking it, just don't quit. Allow your words to change so that you can stop the plan of the enemy on a day-to-day -day basis by little examples like I'm giving you right here, and everybody's got different type of examples. You might be on your job, and somebody says something, and you overreact to that, and it stirs up something inside of you, and now you're, you are like open prey to dump on someone else. Somebody says something you don't like, and man, all of a sudden, and, and, and you go back and you look at your day, why did I act like that? Why did I do that? A lot of times, we don't look and and, 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 and go backwards and realize where it actually started. It started in that overreaction. It started when we overacted to the person at Starbucks or wherever it is or whoever it was. It started right there, and we didn't shut the door. I've got the authority, the power to shut the door right then. Give the devil no place. I know for a fact that people are lacking this everywhere. You see it everywhere. We live in a world, we, there's a climate out there that you are free to say whatever the heck you want to say. Not according to this. Not according to this. Even, even saying whatever you want to say in, in regards to, you know, your belief system and who, who you're connect to or what, who, who you kind of flow with to the right side or to the, to the left side. That's what everybody calls it out there, right side or left side. You flow to the right and, and you're, you know, you're standing for the right side, then you, you think you can say whatever you want to say. You can't. You're on the left side and you're flowing that direction. You think you can say whatever you want to say about other. You can't. Mm -mm, not based on what I just read you. And hundreds of other verses of Scripture that say the same exact stuff. One of the verses is, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those that eat of that will receive the fruit of it, either death or life. You and I don't put these things to a stop. Then in our lives, we're born again, we're here to establish the kingdom of God, but it's two-step forward, three-step back. It's constantly like this. And not seeing the fruit being born in our life because of our words. I'm telling you, I've never seen the seriousness of words like I see it today. There's not a person sitting in here right now and hearing what I'm saying that you can't be challenged by this to another level. Because God wants amazing things happening to your and my life. He wants to see the miraculous happen, and we can't when we shut things down with our words. That's what this says to me. That last verse I just read, and then I'll end with this. You may have an abundance of wealth, piles of gold and jewels, but there's something of far greater worth. And you know what? I've read that so many times, I read it every day, and I've read it so many times that it, this is kind of stuck in my mind. If, if I'm living my life to create an abundance of wealth and piles of gold and jewels, then I'm after the wrong value of something. There's nothing wrong with that. God wants you, you and I to have all those things. 
but he first wants us to have the revelation of how important it is to speak words of wisdom and understanding and revelation, to speak those so they change the way we think, so we're not living our life chasing after other gods, but after him. That's what it produces. So then, when we've got him at the forefront, and we're declaring the things that relate to him on a day-to-day basis, then we have what we say. And then we're producing the right fruit. And that way, God's way, he can get things to us that we need to see his covenant established in the earth. It's important that you're blessed and that you're rich. It's important that you and I are rich people on planet earth. It's important because of what we can accomplish and get done. But to be rich God's way, you've got to have the wisdom to be able to handle wealth. Because if you don't, you'll squander it and you'll use it the wrong way. But think of what you can do. If you had, if you had your heart's desire concerning finances, if you had it today, could you handle it? And I'm telling you, how you get there is speaking, revelation, words of knowledge. (laughs) That's how you get there. Take this word tonight and let it go deep in your heart. Even if you think what we shared was familiar to you, God wants to take you to another place. It's what he's done with me in the last year, and that's what he wants to do with you in a greater way. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.